Section 59, A History of the Inquisition of Spain, by Henry Charles Lay, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Scott Breck. History of the Inquisition of Spain, Volume 3, by Henry Charles Lay. Book 8, Chapter 4, Part 3. Spheres of Action censorship. The next index was issued under the authority of Inquisitor General Zapata in 1632, forming a large folio. Then, in 1640, another appeared in a still larger volume known as the Index of Sotomayor. Sixty-seven years elapsed before the publication of another, in 1707, under Inquisitor General Vidal Marin, its preparation had been entrusted to Antonio Alvarez de la Puente and Fernando Gallego Cardon, the latter of whom died, and the work was carried to completion by the former. It contained not only the list of Sotomayor and the works of condemned and expurgated during the interval, but many others discovered by the industry of the compilers or by the revisers appointed by the various tribunals, under orders of May 31, 1706, to examine all books, shops, and libraries. It occupied two folios of rather smaller size than the single one of its predecessor. The next index was issued in 1747 under the Inquisitor General Prado y Suesta in one large folio. Its preparation had been committed to two Jesuits without supervision who abused their position by gratifying the interests of the Society of Jesus through including a large number of authors who had never been condemned, giving rise to a long debate of which more hereafter. Although this index was thoroughly discredited, it was not until 1782 that the Suprema invited proposals for a new one. A memorial, apparently by a member of that body, in response to this, pointed out the inconvenience of the previous issues, with their constant growth rendering them costly and difficult to consult. The writer suggested the Roman index of Benedict XIV as a model of all the works to be gathered into one alphabet. The long lists of expurgations to be replaced with the Roman Danacurigatur and a reference of the edict denouncing them. Allusion was made to the many intricate and delicate questions involved largely owing to the irreconcilable pretensions of the Roman and Spanish Inquisitions, and to the conflict between the royal prerogative and the papal claims. Thus, he says that the Roman condemnations were not to be regarded unless they emanate from the congregation of the Index, not the Roman Inquisition, or the papal brief, and even the congregation prohibited many books meriting no theological censure because they were adverse to the assumptions of the curia. Then there was the difficulty of the preserving an impartial balance between the rights of the crown and the power of the church, and of determining the numerous questions presented by many books, and the circumspection necessary to distinguish between rights and claims, between exterior and interior discipline, and between discipline and dogma. In fact, the construction of an index involved much beyond the mere definitions of theology, for it affected the large issues of national policy as well as the multitudinous interests of whole classes of society and religion.
religious organizations. As the writer said, the task was too great for any one man, however wise and learned. It could only be performed by a carefully selected junta. Most of these suggestions were adopted by Endis Ultimo, which appeared in the 1790 in a moderate-sized volume, easy of reference, although the absence of expurgations deprived the possessors of books requiring correction of the facilities afforded by the ponderous tomes of the older indexes. During the long intervals between the successive issues, the tribunals were expected to compile for themselves lists of the books condemned and the frequent edicts sent to them. In 1781, we find the Valencia Tribunal taken to task for not knowing that a French translation of Robinson Crusoe had been prohibited by decree of January 16, 1756, and it was told that if it had not kept such a list, it must seek for one in some tribunal that they had done so. Booksellers, likewise, were expected to note all new prohibitions in the copies of the indexes which they were re required to keep, and a decree of 1627 instructed the tribunal to furnish to them copies of all edicts as they appeared, so they could not plead ignorance and escape punishment. As regards the performance of expurgation, so long as the published index was merely prohibitive, it was necessary for the owner to deliver the book to the tribunal or to a commissioner to have the objectionable passages blotted out and some documents of 1563 and 1568 show this to be the practice. When the expurgatory index of Quirioga appeared in 1584, we have seen that owners were empowered to do this and that they were negligent, which perhaps explains why the privilege was subsequently withdrawn. It was difficult to enforce obedience, and the duty was troublesome, leading to the expedient of licensing professional expurgators who were authorized to do the work and give certificates of its due performance, with the condition that, when working in libraries, if they found prohibited books, they would seize and deliver them to the nearest commissioner. When the books were delivered to the tribunals for expurgation, the habitual delays must have been exasperating. In 1688, we find Don Juan de la Torre, whose patience was exhausted, obtaining from the Suprema a letter to the Valencia Tribunal, ordering it to expurgate a book of his and to deliver it to him. We can scarce wonder that owners were negligent, as a remedy for which a carta acordada of October 5, 1712, ordered the tribunals to state in their edicts that the expurgations were on record there and all owners were to send their books to have the offending passages blotted out by persons deputed for that purpose. Then in 1790, the owner was again permitted to do, on one condition of presenting the book within two months, to show that it had been done. But, as the Indis Ultimo gave no indication of the expurgations required, it was left for the owner to discover them. No matter what plan was adopted, Expurgation rendered the ownership of books a source of anxiety and trouble, and exercised a deterrent influence on the diffusion of culture, for there was no class of literature, whether fiction, poetry, history, devotion, statecraft, law, or science, 
as well as theology in which some lynx-eyed critic could not discover a phrase or sentiment which called for revision. Edicts were continually being issued describing the expurgation of individual books, sometimes thirty or forty years after their publication, and frequently on the most trivial grounds. And the lover of literature or science had to be constantly on the watch to escape the penalties of neglect. The process of expurgation was the application with a brush of a coat of printing ink to the piquant word or passage so as to render it perfectly illegible. When the Mexican tribunal took a notion to condemn all engraved portraits of the saintly Juan de Palafox, Bishop of Puebla, the face was thus dubbed over with ink so as to render the features indistinguishable. When, in a book, the length of the offending passage made this too troublesome, the rudder process was adopted of tearing out the pages regardless of the innocent matter thus removed and destroying the connection of the parts thus sundered. Literature was of small account to the butchers of books. Booksellers and bookbuyers were subjected to constant investigation conducted in the rudest manner the influence of which could not fail to be most depressing. The examination of bookshops and public and private libraries, which we have seen attempted as early as 1530 and resolutely prosecuted in 1559, was a settled policy and was pushed with special vigor after the issue of every new index, but it was not limited to those times. The correspondence of the Suprema is full of letters and instructions showing the unremitting vigilance with which the work was carried on. In 1600, the tribunals of the Valencia, Barcelona, and Murcia were ordered to send to the Suprema the books of the Constable of Castile, a work of some duration, for, in 1602, there is still a box of them on the way. Then the Seville Tribunal was instructed to examine the books of Fray Diego de Villa, and forward those which Montoya had indicated. Then the Murcia Tribunal was told to send to Dr. Montoya the books of Don Juan de Jose. In 1602, the books of the Confessor to the Queen were ordered to be sent to the Suprema. All these were private collectors whose tastes or zeal for learning subjected them to these vexations and humiliations to the unlimited detention of their cherished books, to loss from carelessness, or pilfering, and to the irreparable damage of artistic bindings. The mere possession of books rendered the owner an object of suspicion and investigation. If this was the case with private collectors of all ranks, we can readily appreciate the endless troubles and ruinous prosecutions to which booksellers were exposed. In this same year, 1600, the Suprema advised the Toledo Tribunal that Dr. Juan Martinez had been examining the bookshops of Madrid, resulting in the statement enclosed as to which it was to do justice, the customary formula in prosecutions. This is merely an indication of the continuous warfare waged against culture and learning, from which no one was safe. In 1627, a decree commanded booksellers under penalty of 40 ducats an excommunication to report all prohibited books and those requiring expurgation which they might meet in private libraries. 
1618, the Seville Tribunal was ordered to seize all the Hebrew books that had belonged to Arias Montano. Even the Royal Library of the Escorial was subjected to the most humiliating regulations. When the Index of 1612 appeared, the Geronimite prior of San Lorenzo petitioned the Suprema, stating the wish of the king that the prohibited books should not be removed or expurgated, as it was distinct from the convent library, and the only keys to it were held by him and the chief librarian. Thereupon the Inquisitor General sent Fray Francisco de Jesus to examine and report the arrangements of the library, after which, on November 12, 1613, it decreed as follows, All books which are literary and not religious or offensive by authors of the first class, those of whom all the works were condemned, are to be separated, marked, and have a prefatory note that the author is condemned, but permission is given for them to remain where they can be read by the prior, the chief librarian, and the professors of the college. All books by such authors treating of religion and cognate matters such as chronologies, sacred histories, and histories of the popes, seeing that the king does not wish them removed, shall be stored in a separate room, always locked as in an archive, and no one shall read them save the prior and chief librarian, by special license of the Inquisitor General and Suprema. There shall be two keys, locks, one kept by the chief librarian and the other by the Suprema, and two lists shall be made of them, one kept in a locked room and the other by the Suprema. With these shall also be placed two MSS by heresiarchs from the MS department. Rabbinical books and the Bibles in Romance can remain, but shall be put in a separate case and be marked as prohibited, but they can be read as hitherto by the prior, chief librarian, and professors. The frail in charge of the pharmacy of the convent, but he alone can read books on medicine by authors of the first class, for distillation of quintessences and other matters of importance. A quarantine against the deadliest infection could scarce have been more carefully devised. There was a slight relaxation in this when, in 1616, Inquisitor General Sandoval was at the Escorial and extended to all the professors of the college the privilege of reading books of the first class on religion. After the Zapata Index of 1632 appeared, the question again came up and Inquisitor General Sotomayor confirmed the arrangement of 1613. On the publication of his index in 1640, the frails of San Lorenzo petitioned the Suprema that the library, as belonging to the king, should not be expurgated under the new index. To this, the Suprema replied, in a consulta to the king, November 16, 1641, arguing that, as the library was the greatest in the world and belonged to the king, it was especially important that it should set the example of containing nothing contrary to Catholic doctrine. Still, there might be a secluded place in which all books by heretic writers and of evil doctrine could be set aside and the key of it be kept by the Inquisitor General on condition that the library should furnish to the Suprema whatever books it might need. There can be little doubt that some such arrangement was reached. 
the vigilant supervision over bookshops and libraries was unrelaxing and the depressing influence which it exercised on the book trade and on culture in general can be estimated from the regulations accompanying the index of the dalmarin in 1707 the tribunals were authorized to appoint an unlimited number of revisores de libros empowered at such times as suited to them to examine the public libraries and auctions and bookshops the reviser was to require from the booksellers inventories of stock and to see that these were complete he was to order sent to his house or to that of another reviser all prohibited books and those requiring examination and report the result to the tribunal he was to expurgate and certify with its signature all books requiring expurgation he was to report all omissions or contraventions by booksellers of the rules of the index and for this his inspections must be frequent he was to familiarize himself with these inventories and also with those which the booksellers were obliged to render to the tribunal at the beginning of each year with details of all sales made during the year so that he should become thoroughly informed and the booksellers be deterred from committing their customary frauds all this was to be done at the expense of the owners of the books or in the case of public libraries of the town as this was expected to produce much dissatisfaction by licentious talk against the index was to reported for due punishment the expected dissatisfaction was not lacking the powers granted to the revisers gave so large an opportunity for oppression and an extortion that the position was eagerly sought commissions were recklessly multiplied until the number of these literary spies and blackmailers aroused general complaint nor was this mere temporary abuse for a letter of the suprema october fifth seventeen twelve calls attention to the excessive number of appointees and the evils thence arising for the palliation of which it proposed to issue an edict this inspection of public and private libraries and of bookshops continued till the suppression of the inquisition we find june twenty fifth eighteen seventeen the seville tribunal sending to that of madrid a list of books belonging to juan gualberto gonzalez royal fiscal in the council of indies and on august eighteenth the fiscal sends to an unnamed tribunal the translation for which it had asked for a list of books belonging to the marquis of naros the linguistic attainments of the inspectors having apparently been insufficient in the financial distress of the inquisition the work seems now to be performed by officials of the tribunals doubtless eager to do anything that would bring in fees for in eighteen nineteen we have the report of the secretary of valencia tribunal that in the inspection of the bookshop of pedro juan malien he had found a sermon in an italian which he seized as suspicious and which was duly submitted to the calificadores end of section fifty nine